0: Welcome to the Officer Media Group Roll Call Podcast. Officer Roll Call is meant to inform and entertain. Now, let's get into this episode.
1: Welcome to the lineup, Officer Magazine's roundup of this week's police and law enforcement news. I'm your host, Joe Vince, Assistant Editor for Officer Magazine. And with me again this week is...
0: I wonder if your listening audience, our listening audience, is surprised when it's not me, Joe. Uh, the retired Lieutenant Frank Morelli sitting in the mid-Atlantic region with nice temperatures and drizzle. And, you know, I guess it could be worse.
1: I will say I'm always surprised when it's not you. Um, <laughs> it, it has now become my, my routine each week to be having um, these uh, – little conversations. um, And it's actually always been um, a highlight, even if um, the news has not uh, been on the bright side, so to speak. Right. But we'll get started uh, right away. As always, we've got a loaded show. Um, Our first story uh, comes from New Mexico, where um, a surveillance video was released of a scary incident uh, where Albuquerque's police chief um, was caught in a little bit of the trolley situation of having to figure out um, <clears throat> two less than favorable outcomes of a situation um, at an intersection. He um, encountered what he appeared to be uh, someone getting ready to open fire um, shots were fired And uh, the chief was left with the decision of stay in the line of fire or move into the intersection where a red light um, had gone off. And uh, he, unfortunately, um, was in a uh, collision, but uh, he avoided the gunfire, Uh, just a a really uh, frightening situation to be put in. For anyone, but uh, especially uh, a law enforcement officer who um, isn't sure why suddenly um, someone is pulling out a gun and opening fire at uh, in the middle of the road.
0: And, you know, the thing the thing is, it can happen anywhere, anytime. And I I wanted to open with this story for a particular reason, because in I won't say what year it was a long time ago, um, I was working uh, part time doing drug enforcement for an agency. Um, and uh, was driving up a side street. I had just gone through an apartment complex that we were having some issues and challenges with. I pulled back out onto the main road and as I got up to the top of the hill, a guy runs out in front of me and it's the weirdest thing in the world to hear wearing a bright yellow sweatsuit with white stripes on it, carrying a shotgun. Um, and when he saw me and and I was in a, obviously a, a police vehicle, um, he raised the shotgun to his shoulder to point the shotgun at me. And I made a left-hand turn because I needed to get out of the line of fire. And that was all my Mm -hmm. only thought. And I had just, I turned into, there was a gated opening for the apartment complex. And what I didn't know was that right behind me, as I had gone through the apartment complex had come the corporal and locked all the gates uh, that needed to be locked for the evening. So I made this left-hand turn and drove straight into a locked gate. Um, that wrought iron slash steel gate did about $1,200 worth of damage to the front end of the car. Um, it was interesting to call out the lookout for the guy who promptly ran away after I wrecked my cruiser. But I can relate to this chief's reaction like, holy crap, where did that come from? Let me get out of the potential line of fire here. And damn, I'm in an accident. Uh, I'm glad he's okay. Certainly, it's better than staying in the line of fire. Getting out, if you're ambushed, getting out of the ambush zone is always the first thing you've got to do. Uh, But it is – it's a sad state of affairs today that no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing as a police officer at any time, you can unexpectedly come under fire, and you got to be able to react to it and get away from that line of fire. Uh,
1: And how valuable is that, I guess, that brief one second, half a second um, that it took for you in that situation and probably uh, the chief in the incident he was in – to have to take that, to be able to take that breath, to be able to assess the situation um, when you have very little information, um, go, you know, going on to to really get an idea of, of what's happening.
0: I love that you asked that question. How valuable is that little period of time? So we used to teach, uh, I used to teach low light classes a lot and, and the power of the light and how much uh visual input we depend on to make decisions um how fast we make decisions so on and so forth so how valuable is that time let me ask you a question if you were going to be in a gunfight you're standing 10 feet away from the guy you're both going to draw at the same time in this gunfight what's it Mm -hmm. worth to you if i let you draw a half a second before i let him draw
1: I'm going to guess that, I mean, that's going to be the difference between me being able to walk away and me being carted away.
0: Right. It's worth everything, right? If you get a full second, it's worth everything. If you get a quarter second, it's better than nothing. If you get an eighth of a second, it's better. Any advantage you have is always a good advantage. So what's it worth? In this case, it may have been worth the Chiefs' life. Yeah.
1: And and two, you know, I believe he was – with his wife at the time, um, she was in the car. Um, my
0: goodness worth her life too. Then
1: I was just going to say, I mean, this is also a situation too, where I'm sure, um, while it might not be at the, you know, at the very top, I'm sure he's thinking about other people, um, bystanders who might also be, um, unfortunately in, pulled into, to this situation and who knows even to what, uh, who the target, uh, the intended target was, um, you know, and that is where we are today, where, um, honestly it doesn't even, it, these shots are going off even without, um, the idea of, of, of an intended target, you know, it just, um, yeah. It's kind of after duck and cover. Yep. Moving on to our next story. Uh, this is out of Chicago where the Chicago board of education is considering a, I'll say it controversial move of eliminating its uh, school resource, resource officers. Um it, I think we've seen this uh, in uh communities across the country, Minnesota in particular, um struggling with how um it, it it wants their school resource resource officers to be handling students and and for that matter whether or not they want um armed police officers in schools all the time. Um Chicago here is looking at um Getting rid of that, and um, I, I guess taking what they're calling a holistic approach to safety um, <clears throat> in their the the schools across the district. Um, this would go into effect if if it's passed. Um, uh, let's see, be be in the fall. Um, you and I have have discussed this, um, and, and we've talked about how important uh, SROs have been just in. Um, in the situations, you know, where nothing bad has happened, where their presence um, has has helped the safety of the students there, um, without a a a what I'll call a a sort of a stone cold steel lock on what this alternative plan is, um, I don't necessarily know if I want to uh, go into the fall, knowing that, um, having questions about my student's safety when he or she goes to school.
0: You know, you, you said it's controversial and I appreciate you being politically correct to some extent or diplomatic. This is stupid. I'm not (laughs) going to mince words here. Chicago, the city of Chicago hasn't had a day without a murder or a shooting in over a year and a half. Um, you know the board of education wanting to move police officers out of schools sro's out of schools has got to be one of the dumbest things i've ever heard of there's no faster response than the armed good guy in the school should an armed bad guy start shooting uh and but you know this is nothing new when you look at boards of education um it's probably uh, 12 years ago now i think i was mm-hmm. actually on our local county's uh citizens board of advisory for our for our board of education in the county our sheriff had gotten a um, grant from dhs to put a deputy an sro in every school elementary middle and high school and the board of education was fighting it because they didn't want a gun in the school like wait a minute active shooter events in schools are on an increase students are the victims law enforcement's the good guys and you don't want a uniformed officer in the school with a gun because you're afraid of the weapon. I couldn't. And and then it got even worse. They said, well, having a uniformed officer in the school is an excuse for the students to act up. I really, really didn't see the logic in that. but I couldn't understand how these people were responsible for educating our youth. This is going to bite Chicago in the butt. I'd be willing to bet you. And and they don't have a plan in place for what they're going to do. If they were, if they had a plan and they were doing this, that almost might start to make sense, but they don't have a plan. They're just throwing – you're getting rid of the SROs, and they're going to let safety be a catch-as-catch-can thing come to fall. I'd be taking my kids out of those schools in a heartbeat.
1: And and that's exactly the thing is not having an alternative. Um, it, I I understand the need um, for – you know, for wanting to um, – reform or to change how things operate when it comes to school resource officers. But to throw the baby out with the bathwater, that ends up not only in the short term of making things worse in in whatever um, sort of stopgap alternative is put out there, but I I found that it it becomes this battle of overcorrections. And the problem never gets gets solved because all it is is about um, overcompensating each time, and uh just becomes this horrible snowball effect. Um, and we've we've seen too, is that uh, sc- guns are already in schools, unfortunately, to a large degree. Um, i I hate to say this, but there I, there's almost an implied danger. Um, or the idea that um, schools aren't the, the the sanctuary that they they might have been um, in previous decades. Well, um, they could
0: be today, but yes,
1: yeah. Anyway. but yeah, I I don't um, I don't see that this is that this is the immediate answer. I also. That also speaks, too, to, to my lack of confidence in uh, the idea that uh, an alternative um, can be thought of between now and the fall, um, that it would actually work. Um, I, I'll, <clears throat> I live outside of Chicago. I'll be curious to see if this actually goes through. Um, I, I mean, wasn't in Chicago or even Illinois, but uh, this week there was um, an incident in Texas where... Um you know a student had brought a gun to school, and um they the police believed that uh, there was a threat and I, I believe there were nineteen shots fired. I don't know that um the student uh himself um had, was responsible for any of those, but uh, again you you see um you see the dangers already there and uh Going without any type of protection or security for students, yeah, that's um, uh, not well thought out, in my opinion, and that that is being my um, again my political correct. Yes. Moving on to our next story, Um, staying in the Midwest, this is in in Nebraska, where a state lawmaker is um, pushing a what what he's calling uh back the blue initiative and um really the effort is to um help with staff recruiting for departments all across the state um but i think uh almost as a side effect of it is hopefully um changing the perspective of a lot of residents in that state when it comes to police and law enforcement. Um, I, I will say one of the interesting things about this initiative was the lawmaker, um, <clears throat> I'll, I'll say it was really kind of pushing, I guess, poaching, um, uh, uh, officers from other States, not from, uh, departments within Nebraska. Um, but I'll be, be interested to see if 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 you hear anything about um officers being lured away because of um really sort of the environment and the atmosphere. Um state lawmakers or state officials are making it for law enforcement if if they feel like, hey, you know, I, this feels like I feel um accepted, I don't feel demonized uh by my profession um i don't necessarily know that i've i've heard of this sort of um uh announced effort to really change um what uh what uh, officials want uh you know want their residents to think about law enforcement you know
0: um i just looked at the clock and realized how long we're dragging some of these on oh, but this guy, you know, kudos to uh, Representative Flood. You know, he takes the initiative. He meets with uh, officials from around the state. Everybody's poaching from everywhere. So them poaching from other states, right, big deal. If, if, you, if you're a police officer and you want to relocate and you can find a place to go work where somebody's pushing respect for law enforcement, backing law enforcement, not demonizing law enforcement, they're going to pay you as well as you're making or better. Or... The cost of living's lower, or the schools are better for your kids. Whatever the reason is, if you're looking to make a move, this is the way uh, agencies and states attract good recruits. They they set up a welcoming environment with good pay and good benefits, and, and they welcome them into uh, a supportive environment. It's absolutely the best way to go. And kudos to that rep.
1: Moving on to our next story. Um, this is out of Minnesota, and um, Over the past weekend, um, there was um, an incredible tragedy there where two Burnsville uh, police officers and a firefighter paramedic were shot and killed um, during uh, an hours long standoff that ended with the gunman um, shooting himself. Um, On the heels of this, um, it's found that uh, reported assaults and attacks on officers in that state are up um 100 uh 60% from the past decade um and when we talk about assaults and attacks this includes uh, intimidation biting punching all of it um and unfortunately uh this past weekend shows the absolute extreme worst case scenario on on that Um, and in that case this gunman who had several firearms a ton of ammunition he had fired over a hundred shots um you know firing at the uh armored SWAT vehicle and um any officers who were, were coming near the home um again more more cases of just the flagrant disregard for law enforcement across the country
0: you know i love the line in this article i'm going to read it quote unquote Mm -hmm. in the united states being a police officer is more dangerous than the average civilian profession duh you think (laughs) um so you know obviously they're having issues um in the midwest because it talks about minnesota but it also talks about some of the other states around North Dakota, Wisconsin, and Iowa, all in that same region, uh, officer fatalities and attacks going up. Uh, I don't know how much of this I can contribute or I can attribute anymore to mainstream media just spouting constant hate and, and, and belittling officers and, and blaming them for everything and calling them power hungry and, you know, homicidal and all this other stuff. Uh, it, every officer out here in the academy is taught domestics are a bad idea. I mean, you, you have to respond to them, but I can't tell you how many times you show up on a domestic call, the woman's got a black eye and a bloody lip, and as soon as you put her husband in handcuffs, she attacks you because you're taking her meal ticket out the front door, um, or her baby daddy, or whatever. Um, the Domestics are dangerous, and uh, officers really need to be aware that the danger is not just once you're in the house, but during your response to the house. Um Invisible deployment still is a thing. I hope everybody understands that. Make sure that you show up on the scene without them even knowing you're there yet. Uh, Looking and listening as you're making your approach, knowing where your points of cover and concealment are. Uh, And then once you do make contact, making sure you maintain control and uh, you can see everybody's hands and you stay the hell out of the kitchens. Um, And and that'll minimize risk a lot.
1: I I know um, I had run through a a citizen uh, police academy, locally here for a story um in a, in a previous job and in doing they ran you through one of the simulators and the first one was a domestic dispute and exactly what you were describing is, is what happens is you you think you're you're apprehending um uh the male um the husband and uh, a in this situation and you you more or less turn your back on the wife and that's when uh simulation's over and you're attacked um yeah and i'm sure a lot of this information um isn't news to um the officers in minnesota but um the numbers are 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 pretty sobering uh just 160% in just a ten-year span is yep. just unacceptable. Uh, moving on to our our next story. Um, and, and next few stories um are out of New York City. Um. The first one um, is the sentence in being handed down for a woman um who's convicted of um running down an NYPD detective in 2021. Um he was directing traffic at a crash scene uh when he was struck by a woman who um just hours before this had recorded a a podcast rant um decrying uh law enforcement um she also was um uh impaired at the time um and she received uh the maximum sentence um let me see there i believe it was
0: 24 and a third
1: there you go yeah um uh just uh, to, to to not only be intoxicated when this happened but to for it to happen after you had just gone on this tirade about police um yeah she
0: wasn't actually looking to kill a police officer right
1: correct i believe or at least not that um i believe Vehicular manslaughter and aggravated manslaughter is what um, she was convicted of. Those were the charges. Um, I I
0: think this is ridiculous, Joe. Forgive me for interrupting you. No. So this, um, the, the defense lawyer, her defense lawyer says she is not someone who spread hatred. Well, that's BS. She did it in her podcast just hours before. This was not an intentional killing as we see so many times in this courthouse. This was a result of drunk and intoxicated driving. This woman is, her defense is, I was drunk, and that's why I was able to get away with, you know, not being uh, charged and convicted with first-degree homicide. I was drunk. So the guy that I said I hated, police officers, that I ran down and killed, I, I, I my defense is I was drunk, and I, I I'm not hateful. It's a load of crap. My biggest problem with this story is that the maximum sentence is 24 and a third to 27 years. Uh She, 23 and a third, excuse me, 23 and a third to 27 years. She murdered a police officer. I don't care if you call it, uh, you know, unintentional homicide. I don't care if you call it manslaughter, whatever. She killed a police officer, and the longest sentence she can get is 27 years. And then you take out time for good behavior and the parole board and overcrowding and blah, blah, blah and this woman's going to have gotten away with murdering a cop, and I'd be willing to be, bet she'd be out in eight to ten years max. That's unacceptable. That is telling police officers in the eyes of the court what they're truly worth. And if you're a police officer, family, or friend of a police officer, that ought to just infuriate you.
1: I'm glad you brought that up, too, about the the family. Um, what that's got to be for... Um you know any of his surviving family um here was an officer detective directing traffic and um not that there are incidents where it's m- more acceptable or that it's, it's okay um for an officer you know to die in the line of duty but uh yeah it just um it, it is, um, I, I can't imagine being, um, you know, that, uh, that detective's partner, um, his, his, his child and having to then know that, you know, going through the rest of my life, knowing that, um, you know, I don't have time to spend with that loved one. Um, yeah, because of, of this person was drunk. Uh, yeah, just, um, very upsetting. Yep. Um, staying in new york city um we see uh another um uh, attack on officers this um happened outside of a migrant tent shelter um in new york city's randalls island um video from uh the scene shows um uh, officers trying to apprehend an individual who apparently wasn't staying at the shelter um but as they were trying to take into custody this person um you see um, other people yelling at the officers, bottles are thrown um it's a it, it is a rough situation and this again comes um days after uh, uh officers uh, had run into a similar situation outside a a times square uh migrant shelter um you know again tough situation for for these officers
0: you know an unacceptable situation for the officers we need to remember as we have and and obviously immigration right now is a big hot topic i won't even Mm -hmm. talk about immigration right now what i will say is we need to remember that everybody coming into our country brings a different outlook about law enforcement with them and in a lot of the places these people are coming from the police are very corrupt or they are criminally minded um and so these migrant citizens have the outlook of if we outnumber them enough it's in our best interest to to make them the victim um and and i really want to know what are we doing to prepare our officers for this what are we doing to Uh, impress upon our officers you're outnumbered practice appropriate officer survival skills and don't be afraid to use the necessary force I you know nobody wants to be caught on camera swinging a baton anymore uh, or spraying OC spray or whatever it is but if there's 20 of them and one of you you do what you got to do to be able to go home at the end of the night and cameras be damned
1: Uh, boy I you know I don't think this is the first time I have heard that um the other perspective that people coming into this country might have about law enforcement um I don't I I haven't heard that discussed um when when uh, we've been talking about um you know these different incidents uh involving uh officers outside of migrant shelters um but yeah I, I would wonder how much um officers definitely the public hasn't i don't think that's that's really been um put out there as something uh, that that needs to be considered and um not certainly as an excuse but um you know i'm a big it's a warning it, exactly and i'm a big um i'm a big proponent of the more information you know you understand about people it it's not a matter of necessarily like you know finding the excuses it's so you can find the solutions uh to the problems that you might be encountering exactly next story and this is staying in new york city um But on a a good side of things, uh, body camera video was released released showing uh, officers saving um, about a dozen residents in an apartment building that had caught fire. Um, And these officers, not only are they helping children escape, they're helping people who – quite literally having trouble walking either uh, were on crutches, had broken legs. uh, And this uh, fire broke out on uh, the fourth story of uh, the apartment building. So, and, and obviously in a fire, they're not using elevators. So they are in some cases carrying or assisting uh, people down these flights of stairs to get out of the building. Um, And this all happened because officers were on patrol, saw um noticed the smoke and immediately went into action. And you know, those few seconds, those quick minutes right there at the beginning, um probably saved uh lives.
0: Oh, hands down, and, and this is another case, you know, we joke about uh police officers versus firemen and yeah. who's really a hero and all that. But at the end of the day, quite often officers see the emergency before fire ever gets a chance to, or they yeah. can get to it once it's dispatched to help with, you know, scene control. Um, kudos to these officers. And, and one of the, this, I know we've got one more story to discuss. I wanted to end with these two because it's a shining example. Everybody, all the other, or the things we've talked about today, the, the removing the SROs, the dangers on domestics and everything else, all those people need to remember This is an example of what officers can do. They saved lives. And when everybody starts to think officers are evil and bad and, oh, they're hurting the poor migrants. And, you know, that lady who ran one over while she was drunk shouldn't really be punished as bad. I want all those people to remember these officers save lives and it's what they do. They risk their own to save somebody they didn't have any clue. They're total strangers and they risk their lives for them. And if people don't appreciate that, they need to get, they need a checkup from the neck up. Oh my God. They need help.
1: So do we have time for that? The last story? One more. All right. Do it real quick. This is out of Florida, Charlotte County. Um, uh, body camera video, uh, released, uh, showing a deputy saving a six month old baby who was trapped, um, following trapped under debris following a motorcycle crash. Um, uh, you know what, I can't really just expand on anything you just had already said about the lives being saved. And this is just another example of, you know, deputies, uh, thanks to their training and their instincts, being able to move quickly and save the lives, in this case, of a six-month-old child. Um, just amazing work and and kudos to the these deputies.
0: So, and the reason I wanted to talk about it 6 month old baby. There are people who say well officers you know high school kids don't need an officer and people live in they don't need an officer and blah blah blah. 6 month old, innocent, helpless, saved by a police officer. You know where I want to see this in in 17 years, I want to see a story about how this the officer goes to this baby's high school graduation or you know yeah. is invited to attend the wedding in 25 years, whatever it is. This is how really cool stories start. And all too often, we miss them. Kudos
1: to the officer. Great job. Absolutely. Well, that uh, wraps it up. Another uh, jam-packed show. Thanks, as always, um, to listening. And thanks again uh, for talking with me. Another bright spot in in my week, even if the the news hasn't always been that case, Frank.
0: Well, thanks for your time this morning, Joe. Uh, Have a good weekend. And we'll look forward to doing Oh, next week, you're doing this with Paul. Next week, you'll have a guest of Paul. There you go. All right. Everybody stay safe. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Lineup. Please remember, the opinions voiced are not those of Officer Media Group or Endeavor Business Media, but only those speaking those opinions themselves. Thank you and stay safe.